podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Is this never ended up in McDonald's and I have had a trophy in one time. What the fuck did I play for the He done it! Hello everybody, before we get into the pod, I want to talk about our partner's fan slide. It's in-game fantasy football. It's innovative, it's new, you have to try out. I'm gonna put the link for the app in the description, so you just have to kind of scroll down and click that link. Download the app, try it out. And be sure to friend Touchdown Fracker because, look, you can win money. I've won money. I've won money. I've taken it out of the app and I've spent it. So this is not a hoax. It's in-game. It's fun anyway, but you can also win money. Um, and also what we're doing for people that are friending Touchdown Fracker within the app is um, the pe- the person that kind of gets the most points, you win a, a shirt of your choice. Um, so we're running that competition. But also, listen, £10,000 has been up for grabs during the Euros. And they're only just putting up the money. Do you know what I'm saying? Before the referral bonus, if you was to refer a friend to the app, what would happen is if they won like £100, you'd receive 50 Now, if they win £100, you win £100. So you can get people work if you like. I said, fan style has been great during the Euros. Get involved. Um, do not miss out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Chessy Hour. I am your host, Daniel Soft. Thank you for joining us again today. Um, I want to welcome my co-host today, Ben. What are you saying, Ben? Come on, man. I'm back in the building. Yeah. Champions of Europe and that. Do you know what? I should have even reminded us. I don't even want to forget Champions of Europe. Um, Let them know. Ben, it's Ben today because we've got an analysis-heavy pod. pod. Um, so yeah, the, yeah. the brand is Ben. It's not Luke. But we need Luke on the pod soon, yeah? No, what Luke is, you know, what it is, yeah. When yeah. certain spicy happens, and, yeah. and and see the Manchester boys, like you said, we're gonna get onto it. Yeah. But those Manchester boys, they're talking a lot, so Luke will have to come out soon. They're doing free Patreon pods. Bro. <laughs> uh, they make me sick. It's the hope that kills you. So I'm glad that the hope is there. And then, exactly. And then we got Sam, Sam Akpan. It's not Sam the Hokage, um, because we got we got Sam and the Hokage on. But this is Sam Akpan. I've been meaning to get you on a pod for a while. You write articles. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I like you because you've got similar opinions to me. I do like. <laughs> I, I do like having a diverse platform, and I bring on people that disagree with me. But it's also good to have people that have similar um, ideas to you. So, Sam, what are you saying, bro? No, I'm good, man. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Of course. Say no more. And don't forget, it's not a pleasure. It's like I've seen your your writing, so you've got good opinions. You can articulate good opinions. So yeah, let's kick off. This is Chessie Hour, but. I kind of want to start talking about Sancho because 
Sancho, even though you know, there's certain players that don't play for Chelsea, but for some reason, like they feel like a Chelsea topic, like Declan Rice. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. Sancho has been one of them. Sancho, obviously, like he's been at Dortmund, he became a star boy. Everybody started being linked with him. And it seemed like for a while, Chelsea was the, the place that he was going to go. But obviously, he's gone to, to United. So, first question to Ben Are you pissed that we've missed out on Sancho? Um, I'm not, I'm not even pissed, man. Really, really, like it's a thing where obviously he's a really good player, but we have really good talent of our own. And I've always been on this thing where it's not even a thing where you know guys are always kind of linking us to, to people. Like you said um, in the chat a couple of times as well. There's always a flavor of the month every summer. Yeah. When really we bought so much talent last last summer, and we have so many young talents of our own that really we should be thinking about how to get the best out of them in the system. And have some actual continuity because obviously, again, another disruptive season. A disruptive season last time with Lampard as well, in terms of how guys were coming in and out. Rookie manager, of course, has to try out new guys. Everyone's taking their claim because Hazard had left. So we've had a couple of seasons where, you know, the team hasn't been as stable as it could have been, but we've got talent of our own. I've always said that Sancho is at a level that I, and I can't I can't say, I can't say I don't believe that Hudson Adoy and Pulisic can. Can can uh, cannot get to Sancho's mm. level with regular game time in a system that suits them and uh, and uh, and a, a team that's thriving essentially. So yeah, let them let them Mugger boys are talking a bit too much at the moment. Let them too much. Let them have that. <laughs> the Mugger mafia. We need to cage those boys. Them hey, boys. they're lawless goons, man. Do you know what I'm saying? Lawless. They, do you know what it is? They have to celebrate something. Do you know what I'm saying? They exactly. Have, they have to. Um. So we've heard Ben your take on it, Sam. Uh, what do you think? Did you want Sancho and is it a big miss? Are we going to regret not getting him? I'm going to have to agree with like what Ben's saying. I feel like it's a weird one. Like when you have like a manager or like we have now, he's kind of like defined kind of like a system. You can see like where players are meant to fit. I don't look at Sancho and look at Chelsea and be like, oh, he's like the missing cog in, in what we need as like, um, say, like a Haaland or Lukaku might be. So it's like, I'm not losing sleep. Whereas maybe um, under Lampard, where it was like a bit, bit more uh, individual brilliance, kind of like takes us over the edge, I would have been like, yeah, definitely want Sancho just the same way. Like uh, I used to want Rice and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm not losing sleep. I think it's I think it hurts because it's like now you're looking at Man United and you're like, yeah, they've addressed a massive kind of like flaw in their team. But okay. for Chelsea, nah, nah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too, too hung gonna, up over it. You're not going to lose any sleep over it. But what you mentioned, you mentioned two things. We'll come back to it because you, you kind of dropped in, you kind of teased that you used to want Rice. We're going to talk about Rice later. So hold on to that. <laughs> but also... From the Man United perspective, how strong does it make? And we'll come back to you, Ben. How strong does it? Does this fix Man United? Does this make them? Don't forget, they finished second. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? What does this um, do in terms of a title challenger for Man United? What does this do? Dan, you already know, and obviously this is Luke talking right now, isn't it? Yeah, just for <laughs> yeah, You already know my opinion, yeah. You already know my opinion on that boy. That boy that they have in charge, yeah. So yeah. it's one of the things where get in the good players that you want to get in. They have, I think for them to uh, really achieve under Oli, they have to build an absolute super team where everyone, yeah, is, is top two, top three best in the world in their position because this man, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have good enough tactical nows. Hmm. And even, even what they've achieved, don't get me wrong, they're on an upward slope. However, 
that doesn't like I always say there's levels to things right just because you're doing better than you have done doesn't necessarily mean you're doing what you should do if that makes sense doesn't mean you're necessarily at the level you should be at and I just find it crazy that they've had Paul Pogba for how many years you can watch Paul Pogba play like the way he does for France and people talk all this rubbish about Kante um even though of course Kante's our boy I, like I always see this you say on the TL Kente's got nothing to do with public flicking the ball over people's heads and things like this yeah mm-hmm. yeah so any, like I'm, I'm I'm straying but my point is that they're not addressing the key issues in their team which is the philosophy and the DM position we talk about mm-hmm. Pogba we talk about what he does for France we don't see that all the time for Man United because the foundations aren't there so like I said they can buy another attacker the foundations continue they, they continue to not be there so I'm All not right. too worried about them and even with them doing well it's only really been with other teams with other teams underachieving if yeah. you look at if we have a consistent season and we do what we're supposed to do even if we don't win the league we no. should finish above them right our battles finish above them in terms of yeah. management obviously have philosophy players etc etc yeah. so with them I'm not that I'm not that worried I think they've built on other people's underachieving yeah. and you know they they get better personnel wise, but there's a major thing that's capping them. So this is what we need. We need Luke energy. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we need <laughs> Luke energy. Um, but Sam, listen, they finished up. I'm gonna bring it back down because they finished above us for the past two years with a manager that people call a PE teacher. So it's like obviously they've had other managers like Mourinho, like Louis Van Gaal. Um, I think at this point, Oli's kind of outlasted them all. So the PE teacher isn't doing too bad. Um, they Ben saying the missing piece is a DM. They're linked with Kamavenga. Do you know what I'm saying? So maybe they address that too. So just all of my questions, basically, how worried are you about United next season? United, they're a funny, they're a funny bunch. I think they're a really funny bunch. Like Oli, I've I've said this to like my friends. I say Oli is like a perfect tournament manager. Like mm-hmm. he's the type of manager I'd want leading the troops out at the Euros or something. But like 38 game season, yeah. it's one of them ones where it's like Pep and Klopp have like mastered that. Like, oh, yeah. this is how I'm going to play every week. This is how I want my team to score the goals, which mm-hmm. is why like you have uh, Salah, the uh, top scorer, KDB, like top assister, that kind of stuff. It's like, it's a clear kind of like system. I feel like with... United, they've always been kind of like dysfunctional, dysfunctional in the way that they rely so heavily on like Bruno, who's obviously a great player. But when teams learn how to like, you know, sit back and it's like, okay, you're going to have to break us down. We've seen them struggle to do that. So it's like, for me, Sancho adds that individual quality that will help them, you know, break down which for me is kind of scary, you know, in a way, because I feel like Man United under Oli, now he can get results against the big teams because he just McFreds his way to like a nil-nil or a cheeky 1-1 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's the smaller games that trip them up when they're almost catching momentum a bit. And we saw that a lot this season. So Sancho definitely helped them. But I agree with Ben in the same way that like, I don't look at that unit and I'm like, I know they're going to go next game and beat this team 2-0. More, more time, it's like, oh, they might go 1-0 down and then make a comeback and then they navigate games very well, like as as England would do in the tournament on the Southgate or something. But they don't like consistently outplay opposition, which Pep, Klopp, even Tuchel, now 
let, let me come yeah, in. Yeah, gotta gotta give our boy some props. You yeah, went too let me, cool let me now. Come show. First of all, it was it was Luke that said that it wasn't Ben. It's difficult to keep up, but you're gonna have to keep up. Secondly, yeah, still Ben brothers, yeah. <laughs> secondly, we as under two, we might we're, we're struggling to beat the small teams, just like the PE teacher is. Um, but also, what I was gonna say is, you said that um, Ollie is the perfect tournament manager. What tournaments has he won, bro? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I, I understand what you're saying, though. Like, yeah, those tournament managers, it's all about the game. It's the individual game. It's not about building a team that just rolls over, over like a season, 38, 38 different clubs or whatever, or 19 different clubs. But my next question is, because obviously they've signed Sancho, and if it was to dial it back a year or two, a lot of people was asking the question, Hudson versus Sancho. Now, obviously, one stocks has kind of plummeted, and I think that's due to the fact that he's at Chelsea. It's mad competitive. Maybe look, maybe Sancho's just a better player, but we've seen it with Werner. Werner was he was banging goals in um, in the Bundesliga. He comes to Chelsea. It's a bit more difficult. You're not necessarily guaranteed a spot. You're not necessarily guaranteed a spot in your correct position. So like Sancho's always playing on the left. Hudson Odoi would love to play on the left, kind of cut in. So with that context, I'm going to come to you, Ben, because you kind of mentioned it before. So like. Do you think Sancho is better? And if you do think he's better, do you think it's levels or do you just think that Hudson hasn't had the opportunity to show it? So, yeah, what do you think? I think Sancho is better right now, definitely. But my hope, my, my disappointment in terms of the situation is more the fact that I think they're on, I think they're levels in terms of their potential. So, like, it's a bit of both, essentially. Um, obviously, Hudson hasn't had the chance to play. I can only imagine where Hudson would be if he had had the chance to play like Sancho's play, I think they're on the same. I think their ceiling is pretty much at the same level. But one's had the chance to play and develop and show what he can do, and one hasn't. Okay, all right, fair enough. Um, Sam, what's your take on it? You know what? Yeah, I want to be. I don't want to be too controversial because mm-hmm. this is just my debut, but I might have to. <laughs> all right, cool. But here's here's how I like kind of like view these kinds of like who's better discussions like. When you take um, a player like Mbappe, right? Like, yeah, this is a bit of a far-fetched, but I'll, I'll bring it home. But when you take a player like Mbappe, it's it's interesting to see how like people talk about his game because like when you have the big moments in your career, mm-hmm. that's when people start to say, yeah, you're a good player. Yeah. Even though like they're not too analytical about your game. But when you turn up, say, like, he turned up, you know, for Monaco on that run, yeah. turned up for France at the World Cup, yeah. even PSG at the Camp Nou this season. So it's like, people will always rate you higher when you've, like, shown in the high-leverage moments that, oh, Thanks. I'm the guy. Thanks. So Sancho now, now that he's at Dortmund, you know, gained a little bit of traction. People are looking at him and Haaland, and we've seen, you know, games against Bayern, games in the Champions League, that kind of stuff, that goal against Barcelona and stuff like that. Yeah. People are now kind of like saying, oh, Sancho, yeah, he's a bright talent because on that stage, he's performed. Mm-hmm. For Hudson Odoi, it's almost like Chelsea fans have seen how good this guy is. This guy, like, was he? I think you're going to have to correct me. I think it was his Achilles or ACL, one of them. He had to relearn how to run, how to yeah. dribble, stuff like that. And it's like, we kind of like see this player in our setup who's like shown that he's he can be on par with literally all of the bright youngsters. Mm-hmm. But 
until Chelsea play, you know, like that Real Madrid game and he's starting and he's ripping someone to shreds and yeah. everyone says, yes, he's turned up. This is his statement game. He will never get the same, uh, you know, he's as good as um, Sancho. Just the same way um, the Swedish striker, Isak, no. I think that's how it's pronounced. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. But he's getting like more Actually. buzz because, yeah, like, yeah, the Euros, this is yeah. high leverage. Yeah, and, and I think to kind of put some um, a little bit more sauce on your point, obviously Mount this season, we've seen Champions League, his mm. risen. We've seen Kai, who had doubters, even though obviously on this pod, it's always been hackers and habits, right, Luke? <laughs> factual, factual information. Factual, factual. But obviously doing it in the Champions League, doing it in Euros, obviously like there's less doubters, there's less people that can say shit. So 100%, but... Listen, we need to remember, I know we got knocked out and I know it was almost like a nothing game because we were losing. But last season, when we played Bayern Munich in the Champions League after lockdown, it was Hudson Odoi. It was Hudson Odoi that was the only bright spot for us. And obviously that goal that he scored, that it didn't, but 100%, he needs to to have the platform to do it. So that's that's cool. I'm going to move on to the next player because we're going to rate Central against three of our players. So the next player I'm going to say is Mount. So Mount versus Sancho. The reason why I bring this up is because Mount is benching Sancho for England. The only reason why he didn't start the last game, we all know, is because of the, the quarantine. So obviously for Southgate, he's picking Mount. Um, I think a lot of people would have thought that if we bought, if we did buy Sancho um, for Lampard, then Lampard would be happy with Sancho. But I think Lampard really likes direct players. And I think that... In, a, in another world, if we did buy Central, Central might have been benched for Mount too. So um, I kind of want to come to you again. We'll start with you, Sam, this time. Um, what do you think in terms of Central versus Mount? And again, is it levels? If you think one is better than the other, is it levels? <sighs> Mount and Sancho, it's a, it's, it's a weird comparison to think because I feel like why Mount got a lot of flack and... I'm going to have to put my hands up mm-hmm. and I'm going to have to say, yeah, I was one of the Mount Dows before like this season <laughs> yeah. and everything started to take shape. But my issue with Mount was that like, he wasn't like, um, he wasn't the sexiest player, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like his tech, yeah, actually, yeah, that was a mad one. But he wasn't like, like, like I couldn't look at his game and I was like, oh yeah, he's a great finisher or he'll beat a man or he'll do 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 Like I didn't see that as like his best attribute, if that made sense. Mm-hmm. So I was always kind of like, oh, he brings that energy. He brings the direct um, cutting ball, final third, that kind of thing. But I would always be like, oh, when he gets in the final third, he, he rushes yeah. or he hasn't got that kind of like, um, technique that even like Hudson Doy or someone else in our team would even have and I'm kind of like what's the hype about this guy that's how yeah. I used to feel yeah. whereas like Sancho I would always watch him I'll be like yeah you know on the wing beat a man you know set up make chances um, skillful the, the comps even though I wasn't really watching him like every week the comps I'd see, the the little snippets I'll be like oh this guy's got something about him mm-hmm. and I, it took time for me to learn what Mount really had about him mm-hmm. until it was like, oh, this guy defensively is 
amazing in my opinion like mm-hmm. the amount of pressing he does like just to harass the opposition just anything like he's like a, a b yeah and i'll just be like yeah so for me southgate i completely understand why like mount would play mm-hmm. ahead of central um just based on like that kind of like defensive addition and stuff mm-hmm. like that but i would never probably as like a pure football purist ever Mm -hmm. say that yes Mount is better than Sancho because Sancho for me just has more about him just in his overall kind of like oh Mm one-on-one be a man skills that kind of thing and goal probably G plus A even though I hate that term it's it's interesting eh? because like yeah I I hear it but you know the way that the things work out like obviously he's benched Grealish too do you know what I'm saying so Luke, Ben, I'm not sure. <laughs> Tag anyone um, who's going to ask this question and what's your thoughts on it? No, nah, okay, Ben's going to answer the answer right. question. I think I agree with a lot of stuff that Sam said. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the main issue with Mount initially was his deployment. And mm-hmm. I think his deployment this season under both Lampard, Lampard's deployed him better, obviously, in general, general, apart from like that early, early, early stage in the season when like, still played him off the wing or whatever. But um, Lampard and Tuchel, and obviously Southgate as well, they, all of their deployments have been more, way more consistent this season. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we talk about the fact that he's a midfielder. He's not even a 10, he's an 8. He said it himself as well. And obviously, we, we can all see this when we watch him as well. I think Mount is a major talent. I think, because someone, I, think, I think sometimes in football, I wouldn't say people like to, um, you know, go with the unfashionable, not the unfashionable, but the guy that maybe doesn't get the respect they deserve in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And I think it works both ways. I think... When someone does get a lot of credit, people are so eager to like try and say he's nowhere near as good as people say. Really? And when someone isn't mm-hmm. as maybe heralded, so like Sancho is, he's obviously known as a good player, but maybe not in his country as much as he should. Mm-hmm. People are kind of quick to say, nah, nah, best thing since sliced bread type of thing. Mm-hmm. And obviously, normally the truth is somewhere in the middle. So it's a difficult one to answer in terms of who's um, oh, better as a player, but obviously they're, they're very much different players. Are we going to get one of those Ben Luke answers where you don't even answer the question? You know what it is? <laughs> I, I don't, you know what it is? I don't really believe in the comparison, in it? Like, in terms of position, okay. in it? Because, okay. like, if, we look, if we're talking about, if we're talking about what Mount's, um, I wouldn't say deficiencies are, yeah, they're Sancho's strengths, but it's also down to the position. We mm. can't expect Mount to be this mad final, final third guy. Like we said, no. he's an eight. And no. eight and eight isn't and eight isn't a, a, a someone that's going to be, eight. you expect to make a mad difference in the final eight. third, whereas someone eight. like Sancho is. They're, play, they're both playing in the attack, but I hear you, I hear you. I get what you're saying. and I, The logic is there, so I'm not going to go on to you for it. Wait, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Dan. Yeah, Dan. Here you go. Quickly, just to say, just to kind of like piggyback off Ben's point, mm-hmm. if you put Mount in Dortmund, I don't think Dortmund get better. And if you put Sancho for where Mount is, I'm not sure Chelsea get better. So I kind of hear it. Like, I think we get better. I, I think we get, we get better. better? The reason why I think we get better is I think if there's one thing we're missing, it's more, um, you know, like purposeful decision making, not hurried decision making, the right decision making. And I think we've sat, like, look at the Real Madrid game. There's so many games where I watch it. We get the chances, but we just need people to have cooler heads. And I think, from, okay. yeah, and I think from the players that we have, I see Hudson Odoi's got a cooler head. I see Havertz has got a cooler head, but Hudson Odoi's not always playing. And Havertz is just one player. So, like, I think if we had more, like, whenever Hudson-Odoi and Havertz play, they connect well because they've got those cooler heads. 
And I think if Havertz had another player that was a regular in the team playing with him, then I think our attack would be better. Um, um, so, yeah, I definitely think that our attack would be better if we had Sancho. In terms of uh, Dortmund being better with Mount, I think, who knows? Maybe they'll be better with Mount. I don't know. I don't know. Don't forget, Mount is game game pressing. He's counter-pressing. The German yeah, that. So to put Mount in that team, potentially they get better too. But that's obviously all hypothetical. The last one that I want to do comparison-wise, and then we can move on for Sancho because he's not our player. But Kai Havertz, Jaden Sancho. And we'll start with you, Ben, and then and then we'll go to Sam. Ah, oh, you know what? I'm going to sound controversial. I, I, am I really actually on? Look, even this is a Chelsea pod. I don't think I am, okay. but I don't know, man. I think Hertz is. I think Hertz is a generational talent, isn't it? Personally, isn't it? Like, I think when you watch this, I think obviously a lot of people like to chat their shit in it, but even even non-believers have become have been converted. You know what I'm trying to say? When you watch that guy play, yeah, I don't understand how you can't see this guy's ability and the level of talent that he's going to be as well. I think just in terms of him, it's just getting him playing in a consistent right position in terms of even the people that maybe don't believe still, you know, being converted as well. Like Sancho's got to play four seasons on the right, pretty much did almost the whole season on the left um, here as well. You're still you're, you're still seeing a consistent um, type of position, if that makes sense. Whereas Havertz has played false lines, played on the wings, played in centre mid as well in the three um, I personally think that um, Havertz's position is in the 10, essentially moving almost as a second striker or mm. as like a, kind of like a mix between a conventional 10 and a second striker type of thing. Mm. But I'm even straying from the point right now because that actually comes onto my point about the system and the free at the back thing and not wanting to play it. But mm. yeah, no, I think Havertz for me, man, the talent is, is insane. Not that Sancho isn't insane mm. also as a talent, but we're dealing with fine margins here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And don't forget, they both played the Bundesliga. They both took the Bundesliga by storm. Um, I think what we was talking about Mount in terms of it's difficult to compare Mount and Sancho. Don't forget, Havertz plays midfield too, and he plays attack. Just like I think with Mount, he's one of these players that, yeah, these attacking midfielders, now I count them as attackers too. They can play central midfield, but also they can play attack. I think I echo a lot with what you said, uh, Ben, in terms of I think that Kai is class, and I think people are still holding on. I know a lot of the Mugger Mafia, you ask them about it, they're still holding on, they're saying, oh, whatever, whatever. But when he's doing it on the big stage, you can't argue. Again, the England match, you can't argue. But I'm going to ask you, because you might want to argue. Sam, uh, Sancho or, or Kai? Um, I feel like if I say Kai, that would be like, I feel, I just feel like it's a bit of recency bias. Mm. I just feel it there. Like I've been extremely impressed by with Kai at the at the Euros, but for even with Chelsea, like at first with the whole midfield, I know I know we say that you know he can play midfield and he can play on the wing, and we add that as like oh yeah impressive things, but um, under Lampard, I didn't see a lot that said to me yeah this guy's this guy is it like even generational to say. Like, I feel like it's come slow, like it's been a very slow burner. Mm -hmm. Now, I personally think that by the end of next season, Havertz will be better than Central. Like, I'm going to say that that's, that's, a, that's a hot take, okay. live and direct. But right now, would I, could I comfortably say Havertz is better? I, I don't know. I don't know whether I could say so there's levels. I think it's very close. It's and I'd probably veer to Central. 
All right, cool. Here's what I say is this. I think, I think in terms of who's better, a lot of the times when you're looking at attackers, the player that people come to a general consensus that is better is the player that scores more goals. I think just when you look across the attackers and you, if you were to do like a hierarchy, it's going to be top heavy in terms of the people at the top are going to be the ones that score the most goals. Now, I think the, the idea that Havertz can't play midfield, I think he did well in midfield, but I think sometimes he did a little bit too well. When you buy this player that you've seen in lockdown that's scoring all of these goals, and then you play him in midfield and he's covering, um, he's sitting next to the DM, covering spaces so that the attack doesn't do anything, then you're going to be a little bit unhappy. Because mm. as, as much as, if you're a business, right, as much as your CEO might be able to clean the floor amazingly, if you've got your smartest person in the business cleaning the floor and not doing the business work, then the business is going to fail. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think mm. with, with Kai, what we saw with Lampard is really and truly, we all knew that our attack needed something. We all knew our attack needed something. And then we brought Kai in, who we can see now, this guy can be sick for your attack. But instead, we had him cleaning the floor, doing all the dirty work. Because the, yeah. whole, the whole idea was like, he can do it. Don't get, get, don't get it wrong. I feel like he can do it. Um, but at the same time, number one, he takes risks. And when you take risks in those areas, those can be punished. And we saw that a couple of times last season. But yeah. also, like, attack has been our problem area. And you, you can see how this guy can affect your attack. And I think that it was Lampard, Lampard just because Havertz has played all over the shop, it's kind of like a Pogba situation. When a player is talented and you can play him all over the shop, sometimes you don't get the best out of him because the manager puts him in all these different positions rather than just focusing on where the team needs him most. And I think we can all kind of agree at this point that the team needs Kai most in attack. But cool. Um, talking about the quickly the England versus Germany game, obviously Mount couldn't play, Chilwell didn't play, so our only player was Kai in that game. Um, but I want to talk about the game in general quickly because we're linked with Rice too. So, Sam, we'll come back to you because you said that you were, you did rate Rice and then you didn't. Tell us a little bit about that kind of storyline and then tell me what you think what you thought of Rice in that game. Uh, um, oh, yeah, first off, yeah, we, we forgot. We forgot um, Antonio as well. He was playing. Yeah, my bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah, but yeah, we'd rather not. Yeah, 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 talk yeah. about that performance. I'm Werner. I'm Werner. Oh, and T. Oof, but nah, nah, nah. Um, yeah, I feel like England in general are like a. I feel like I've always kind of said that, like when people talk about the lineups, everyone always talks about, yeah, we got to get you know put Saka left wing back and put and just go for full on attack and let's play champagne football, mm -hmm. but. I feel like it comes with like a midfield that that you need to kind of like, oh, dictate the game, that kind of thing. And my thing about Rice, right, and the reason why I wanted him at Chelsea before mm -hmm. was because like one of the biggest kind of like, or my biggest pet peeves watching us was that like, sometimes when we'd attack, we'd get caught in transition. And when we get caught in transition, um, Jorginho isn't like physical or he's not like or he's not like a domineering presence like mm -hmm. say Casemiro or Fabinho is mm -hmm. so 
when he was getting kind of like, oh, you'd see like the clips that people would post on Twitter of him getting spun and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It would be like, oh yeah, it can be easy to be like, oh yeah, I want more physicality because that's going to make our team better. Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt uh, for most of Lampard's kind of like reign because yeah. we just didn't have any assuredness yeah. in our in our shape. Mm-hmm. Um, Rice, I felt like was a perfect kind of like like for like um, for me because I really undervalued um, kind of like Jorginho's passing, kind of like conducting mm-hmm. um, ability and. Now that obviously you've got the three at the back, so he's kind of like protected. You see the press resistance. You see the wanting to get on the ball, pulling the opposition out of shape, making those passes to Chilwell Mount, even Kante, that kind of stuff. Like it it works. Mm-hmm. Now, when I look at England and when they did the kind of similar shape, mm-hmm. one thing that was a bit kind of like that, I was like, mm, about Rice was that there'd be times where he wouldn't want, not wouldn't want, because I don't want to say like yeah. he's hiding, but like his role was more to kind of like sometimes occupy the um, the front Germany plays and then like a Maguire or like a Walker or Stones would bring the ball up yeah. and then try to make the forward pass. Yeah. Now, I don't think that's a bad thing, but... I kind of want my midfielder to kind of like be like, yes, I want the ball at all costs, kind of like how Jorginho does it, which yeah. is kind of like why I was, I'm so big on guys like Rodri, Jorginho, even Harry Winks. I'm going to sneak that one in there, Harry Winks. <laughs> I'm a, I am a massive Harry Winks fan, but yeah. yeah. All right. But, but yeah, they want the ball. They want to turn and kind of like, okay, how can I move it? How can we move it quick? And in the earlier England games, there's been a, oh, we're not moving the ball fast enough because it goes from side to side yeah. and then it goes centre-back and the centre-back's all the way in the corner it brings it to the other centre-back. And it's like, oh, it's just slow so the other team can just move across. Now, Jorginho in that team, I think he calls for the ball a bit more and we kind of like move possession quicker if yeah. that was England, which mm-hmm. is why I'm like, Rice, I'm not... I don't want to, because I know it's kind of fashionable now to be like, yeah, Rice, he's just not that good. Mm-hmm. But I think he's a great player. But I just, either England are happy for him not to get on the ball, which I think is kind of like says something in itself. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I just, I just don't think, you know, because international football isn't as helter-skelter as maybe Premier League can be at times. He hasn't really, you know, had to make those transition. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be the guy to kind of, like, put my foot in and, like, dominate. And even sometimes when he's on the ball and he's dribbling, he hasn't had the chances to dribble like he has at West Ham. And I've seen clips. I think I even saw you quote a clip and saying that, yeah, it looked like he was losing control of the ball. But guys were saying this is what he does. So, yeah, I I don't know about Rass, but, yeah. Uh, so Ben, what are you saying about Rice um, um, in general and in the England performance as well? Yeah, no. To be honest, I agree with what um, a lot of Sam just said. I think sometimes people get onto players in general for things that are more stylistic rather than their deficiencies as a player. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Rice does a lot of things well outside of the whole, um, you know, demanding position deep, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I agree with Sam in terms of sometimes the way England look to play. And almost like 
the DMs act, acting as a foil for the, the centre-backs. Because if we look at someone like Calvin Phillips, of course, I'm not, um, Phillips gets on the ball more than Rice. But mm-hmm. Calvin Phillips is someone who constantly, constantly wants the ball for Leeds. But we see that reduced majorly for England. Not that he still doesn't want the ball, but in terms of levels, he seems to get it or want it a lot less in terms of um, um, with England. And I think it's, it's a game plan thing more than anything yeah. in terms of the fact that England want uh, Maguire, and, uh, particularly Maguire and Stones coming out with the ball and even Walker as well. You see, um, was a bit, there was a period in the game, especially where the five of the three centre-backs, Calvin Phillips and Rice, seem to always be rotating quite a bit in terms of any of those five could find themselves in any of the five positions. Walker went into midfield at one point. Um, so I think a lot of stuff is stylistic. And I also point to the fact that with Rice, I think because a lot of people kind of overrate him mm-hmm. um, in terms of like just not wanting to even respect um, Jorginho. I know Jorginho doesn't have the best uh, physical attributes, but if you look at his interception numbers, mm-hmm. they're still very much up there. It'll be like a one clip from one game and that everyone will use to mock him. When if you actually look at his defensive numbers, they're better than a lot of men in the league, yeah? Mm-hmm. So I think it's a thing with Rice where even in terms of on the ball, I want to say, courage-wise, going into that deep position and picking up and demanding the ball is one of the most courageous things that you can do in the game, essentially. And I think he's not—he's almost not used to the type of football that would be played at a, at a higher level. Yeah. But I think that's almost to do with his exposure to coaching. I don't think he's never had—he's never had a coach. Remember, that he was playing at centre back in his first season as well. Yeah. And if you look at his time at West Ham in particular, he's never had a coach that's going to tell him how to position his ball, how to position his body, sorry, or how to. Um, take up certain positions in order to receive the ball and progress play. It's not really a thing that, you know, they look to do through the middle at West Ham. When he does progress play, it's funny enough that he won't almost come deep in certain positions for England to pick up the ball and just, you know, spread it across the pitch. But he'll happily get it um, within a couple, um, between a couple players for West Ham in the middle of the pitch and just try and drive, drive, drive forward. I think he did, there was one, he does it a lot for West Ham, but I remember particularly one, um, the game against Arsenal. And he drove past about, I want to say, well, four players. What I'd say so is, at, go on. I was going to say, what not it easier? All these drive, drive, drive. Is, is it not easier to drive when you're playing in the counter-attacking team? We see... No, but the thing is, some of that isn't always on the counter. It isn't, isn't always on, like, how would I say? It wouldn't always be on a blistering counter type of thing. But I do hear, I definitely hear the point. I definitely hear what you're saying there. But I just think in terms of courage, because I think it comes down to courage a lot of the time as well and obviously what you're comfortable with doing, mm-hmm. some of the positions he, he receives the ball in and decides to drive out of or do courageous things with in terms of West Ham, I think it's more stylistic than anything. And I think, obviously, we, we were talking about Adama in, in a group chat um, we'll earlier in the that. week. And we, we'll and we were talking about, um, obviously, how um, in terms of coaching, things can change in terms of players' traits and styles and how they do certain stuff. I don't think Rice has been in, exposed to that kind of coaching. Um, possession-based coaching in terms of how to pick up the ball deep, etc. These kind of things. And I'm always leaning on him because I think it's something that you can learn to do, especially as a young player, just by having a coach that's going to teach you or show you how to do it and playing in certain systems, if that makes sense. Mm. Like, for, for kind of, uh, Just to wrap up on Rice quickly, I want to yeah. say, personally, yeah. um, I'm not with this bandwagon thing where it's like, oh, he's the best thing to slice bread. We need him in and mm-hmm. he needs to play with Jorginho. I'm on a thing where I don't think he's, I, don't, I think he's a good player. I don't think he's absolutely superb, but I think he can, he can definitely improve with some good coaching. And my whole thing is that if he come, I, I think we need a DM, a proper, as in conventional DM in our squad 
right, more than to potentially come in and start over Jorginho. In terms of the Rice thing, I'd take him for what would be a calm fee, which is not going to happen, essentially, because you know what West Ham are going to be like in terms of the fee. But I wouldn't be personally taking him to start over Jorginho in a lot of these games. It would be more more as a squad player in terms of we need his profile as a player and obviously to play certain games. Rice Rice has started every single game. Nah, not over Jorginho. If, if, If it's that, then... Yeah, no. so Rice has started every single game for the past two seasons, I think, for West Ham. I don't think yeah. Rice is coming to sit down, do you know what I'm saying? Mount, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? So, like, I understand that um, you you have hope that, you know, under a, a, a manager that can kind of coach into playing possession, it'll be better. Um, I think when I see Rice play, we talked about the fact that he played centre-back for West Ham. I actually think with Rice... A lot of the time, I don't, I don't know if it's a courage thing because he puts his hand up. Like I'm sure that he's, he's definitely on social media, so he, he hears people saying he's hiding from the ball. So I see him putting his hand up, demanding the ball. But even putting your hand up as a DM, that's not really how you demand the ball because what you're doing is you're flagging to everyone, "I want the ball," and so the people around you will close you down. That's not how you do. Like that's not how you really help your team out in terms of build. What you do is you move into a good position to make it easy for someone to pass you the ball. And then also, you know what's going to happen next. Because once you get the ball, I feel like when I see Rice, he doesn't think two steps ahead. So like the only thing that he's thinking in his head is, I'm free, give me the ball. Then when he gets the ball, it's like, okay, cool. Now let me shuttle it to a safe place that's somewhere else. Whereas when you see a Jorginho, even when they're Gilmore, they're like, okay, cool. They, they'll move into a good place to get the ball. And already they know where the ball is going. And that's... Not that's like that's like that's what we see with the Javis and all of those. That's thinking two steps ahead. That's midfielder play. And I feel like yeah. with Rice, he doesn't really have that midfielder play for me, which is my biggest can issue I, for him with him. Yeah, I was gonna say, can I just say quickly, obviously, in terms of what you said in terms of how he pulls to the ball in that position, mm-hmm. for me, that's something that's that's to do with style and to do with the fact that he's never been he's just he looks like he's just going off the cuff in terms of how to pick up the ball in that position. Yeah, he's never actually been taught or told how to do that. And for me, obviously, that's something that would, would improve straight. Tuchel wouldn't allow that, essentially. But, but, but boys will. You know what I'm trying to say? But but at the same time, this is like quickness of thinking. Do you know what I'm saying? That type of quickness of thinking, maybe you can train it. I don't know. But there's a reason why there's specific midfielders that are, do you know what I'm saying? Like you, you can't just make any midfielder into a DLP. You have to have that quickness of thought. Um, and so for me, <laughs> it's a no for me, though. It's a no for me. But um, what I'll mention is that Christensen also played in Euros. And Christensen, obviously, we all know we're Chelsea fans. He plays in centre-back for us. But he played in the midfield. Did any of you watch that game where Christensen played for Denmark in midfield? Yeah, I did. Okay, cool. So now I want you... I didn't even watch it. But I want you to kind of counter... What do they call it? Contrast Rice's performance in midfield to Christensen's. You know what the funny thing is? I think, obviously, it was more of a positional thing in terms of, obviously, Christensen played in DM, but he didn't... I don't... He didn't... He played in DM, but he didn't play in DM. He okay. almost did a man-marking job on Ramsey more than anything. Okay. That was the right. reason why he ended up in there. It wasn't really a thing where... In possession, he was occasionally still there, but he looked... If they had a, a, a longer period of possession, he looked more to potentially, you know, go back into his free, but try not to stray too far from Ramsey. It was more to do it um, in terms of um, doing a job on Ramsey. In terms of build-up and in, 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 um, building up play, he didn't really receive the ball or anything like that. Like, it, it was it was all to do with doing the job on Ramsey rather than him actually playing as a conventional DM or anything like that or really receiving the ball and, and, and things like that. Fair enough. 
Right, fair enough. Because after the game, I saw a lot of tweets, so I thought, let me bring it up. But um, so final decision on both of you, because both of you seem considered on rights. You don't hate him, and you feel like certain people get on onto him too much, but at the same time, you're not in the other extreme camp of, of we need rice, we need this player, et cetera, et cetera. So just final word, um, we're, we're allegedly we're going to bring in a DM. We've been linked with Kamara. I don't know if you guys know him from Marseille. Shuameni, another guy from France. Um, obviously, Declan Rice. Today, there's been murmurs of Kamavinga. Um, what is your thoughts? Obviously, the way that Chelsea works, usually there's a, a host of targets and then everybody has their own little horses um, and the majority gets chosen, unless it's Roman and Roman wants his guy and then Roman will get his guy. So, yeah, out of all those players, including Rice, what are you saying? Do, would, would, any of, would Rice be any the top of any of your lists? Ben? Uh, for me personally, I I I I just think we need a, a an actual like I guess conventional DM in the squad. Like you said, in terms of who it is, as long as they fit the profile, I don't mind. Like obviously with the rice thing, he's obviously the obvious one because he's in the Premier League, used to play for Chelsea, etc. But I don't think it will happen purely because of the price. Mm-hmm. And like I said, whoever this person is, I'm not sure they're coming in to replace necessarily replace Jorginho every game. Mm-hmm. It's more of a thing here where we're obviously we're going to have a squad game and we need someone of that profile in the squad. I haven't seen um, this, um, the Tukumeni. Um, I'm sorry, did I pronounce the link correctly there? I can say sure many, man. I, that's, that's what okay. I yeah, no, I haven't watched him play, so I can't talk. With Kamavinga, he's another one I think gets pigeonholed based on how people, um, or certain games that people watch of him, but I don't think, I don't really see him as a proper, proper, I don't really see him as a proper um, DM either. I think I see him more as like a um, more progressive one out of a, a, a double pivot, if that makes sense. Almost like somewhere between a, a centre mid and a DM rather than an actual um, all-action defensive type of DM. So um, I don't know. Um, in terms of familiarity and, to, and obviously profile of player, I don't think coming if it's the profile, and, but obviously I'm most familiar with Rice. So you're saying Rice... But with Rice, the price don't make sense. So I'm okay. not staying Rice at the same time. Do you know what I'm going to say? Because whoever it is for me, I still want I still want Jorginho and Kante as my two. I hear you. I, I think, it, I think um, it makes too much sense. So, so no to Rice then? So you're saying no Essentially, to... essentially. Right. I think we should give Ampadu a go personally, right? But fair enough. Obviously, fair that's enough. for another day. Sam, what's your position on it, bro? I think, I think, right, there's like, um, I don't know. I have like a stigma a bit of a stigma against like um the way that people rate um like lower like lower teams in the Premier League and their players because mm-hmm. I feel like you kind of alluded to it like the counter-attacking thing. I feel like it's so easy to see like West Ham play against like Arsenal, Chelsea, any team that kind of like attacks them and to rate like a a DM based on oh yeah he like he was immense, like he broke up play and da da Because when you take that player out of that environment and put them into an environment where you you've got time on the ball most of the time, and it's more about the kind of like intangibles. Oh, can you find the passes, technique, that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. It is a bit more like I would veer towards like um someone that I feel like is more technically secure. Mm-hmm. 
than say so even me i'm like a big calvin phillips fan you know even from before even from before the euros i've been here mm-hmm. phillips have you know repping the flag like i would take him at chelsea but you know that's a conversation for another day but you you guys got like, a right. you guys got a lot of conversations <laughs> for another day man <laughs> but but yeah someone like rice like I think he's completely technically secure, like that. That even that's even a bit surprising. But I think he's really technically secure. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to things like, oh yeah, when he gets the ball, he might not know like where to pass, or he doesn't think that two passes ahead. Yeah, I feel like that's very like those are automatis- automatisms that can be taught mm-hmm. from like just training, learning the system. Remember, like Cancelo. For Man City, he didn't play the first season. He was bought. He had to learn how the team needs him. And mm. then you kind of like come in. These, are, fun- about- these are fundamentals. This isn't, I'm learning how the, the system. This is, okay, I'm a midfielder. I'm scanning. Don't forget, we've had Lampard. We've had that kind of amateur hour. This isn't amateur hour anymore. We're going for the title. Do you know what I'm saying? He's <laughs> learning on the job. I'm not with him. <laughs> Why are we hiring someone? And then saying, yeah, let's teach them fundamentals. Don't teach them. To be fair, though, to be fair, though, are these fundamentals for a DM, a conventional DM, or a deep line playmaker? Like, bro, talk to me about conventional DM, because now I'm pissed off. So, so uh, uh, the, the definition of a conventional DM is Casemiro for me. If, oh, or, oh. Or, or I want to say, I would say Fernandinho, but I think his ability on the ball is almost understated and underrated. This is, but and this I is think... what I don't get, Ben. Let me interrupt for a second. Are yeah, we saying on. that a conventional... DM can't be good on the ball. Is no, I'm not saying, saying that. I'm not saying that. But I think there's levels. Saying. I think there's. I think there's levels to. I think um, it's almost. I think with some people on Twitter, uh, I see sometimes they almost want Rice to be as good um, defensively as Casemiro, and then as good on the ball as Jorginho, which I just don't think is like, is realistic. So and this that, is what no, no, Jorginho is doing. Jorginho is great on the ball, defensive, good on the ball, and and he's putting up defensive numbers. Wow. Yeah, no, 100, 100, but he's not, he's, he's definitely good defensively, but of course, like, you know, I guess on the more physical attributes, he could be better type of thing, but you already know my slants on this, I don't want Jorginho replaced anyway, my whole thing let's is talk that. about the we, traditional conventional DM, because I'm keen to get yeah. the conversation documented, tell me, it's like a Casemiro, like, okay. if, 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 if I wanted to say um, my idea of, like, the best, you don't all watch I'll, La Liga, so give us a reference best. that's not La Liga, Okay, cool. I was gonna say because the best um, conventional DM I can I can possibly um, think of, or I, I want I always want to say that I've watched because some of the other people that get the um, the ratings, I don't think they were conventional DMs, but even though they were sick of what they did, so like a Maca Lady, for example, isn't what I would call consider a conventional DM. Though absolute top 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 class. Yeah, again, this is stylistic. So Fernandinho for me is the best example of a conventional DM um, okay, because to, yeah, you on, see the way he breaks up that. play. Breaks up yeah, play. He's, yeah, he's so he's so intelligent in the way he breaks up play. He can read the play as well, and obviously intercept, mm-hmm. knows when to make a foul. Like and as obviously has got the attributes on the ball as well, which I think developed majorly on the, in, in, in Pep's time as well. So, so he's an easy example. He would Jorginho, be the, the is standard. Jorginho, is Jorginho conventional DM? Because you said breaks no, up play. No, he's not. He's not. You he's said not. breaks up play. You said interceptions. You said Yeah, but there's the levels. Game. There's levels. There's so levels, what are you though, talking about, bro? Tell no, me no, no, I think there's levels to it. I, Jorginho does all of those things, but I think a, a conventional DM does those things to a different no, level. Can't. And it is like a trade-off, essentially. Oh, you're, looking no. at, you're, you're looking at Jorginho's um, ability on the ball. and to dictate Forget the on the ball. I want to focus on the off the ball. You no, 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 I, I know. I'm, I'm making an example. I'm saying yeah, you're looking bad. at Jorginho's level in terms of, you know, his ability to progress pain. You're looking at those, you're looking for that kind of level, but in the defensive 
um, side but, of things. So Jorginho does, he puts up good defensive numbers, but you're looking for someone that's more all action. So the stuff like when people are just running past anyhow or the um, athleticism problems, you're looking okay. for, for, right, for okay. those things to be remedied. So, so, so John Terry, how good a defender is John Terry? Yeah, John John Terry was a John Terry was a, obviously you know a top defender. Like, yeah, like world class defensive. Yeah, 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 yeah. To yeah. get on the ball, I think on the ball he was underrated, but defensively, yeah, I think he was on the, I think he was underrated on the ball too. Defensively, world class. What was his weakness? John Terry's weakness. Our weakness, weakness wise. Um, Sam, you can chime in. I I would actually say, I would you know what's mad? I would say. Athleticism wise, but but that's not I wouldn't even say he was bad athletically. He wasn't absolutely fantastic athletically, he wasn't bad, but he navigated that with obviously uh, his brain and positioning. He no, like he would get dribble pass and everybody knew that it was a weakness of him. His yeah, but I, like, I was gonna say he navigated that well with his positioning though a lot of the yeah, time. Yeah, but no, not necessarily because like people say positioning, etc. etc. But don't forget when we played with ABB and we played the highlights, everyone was like, Oh, actually, he has to play in the area that Jorginho plays. And that's why he got done to pace a lot of the time. Didn't make him bad defensively, but you, yeah. put, you put John Terry, who's a bit stronger than Jorginho in defensive midfield. Everyone say traditional midfielder. I don't understand why uh, Jorginho is not a traditional. You can't talk about this one aspect of his game because he gets dribbled by it. He's not a traditional... Defender. No, 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 it's not. But it's physical. No. These are all, we're talking about physical... Um, af, um, oh, so you have to be physical. So, but the thing is, like, like can I, obviously, disclaimer as well, yeah, I'm yeah. not looking to replace Jorginho here. I know. I'm talking about, about it's not. Yeah, I'm talking about a more conventional DM. I just want to know, just, talking, just want to know yeah. about this conventional. So I don't care about yeah. the replacement. So, so a conventional DM for me is someone who's not, not, is not as good on the ball as Jorginho, but Why? defensively. Yeah, we're talking about styles here. Conventional, conventional DMs. I don't think even Busquets is a conventional DM, yeah. essentially. I, do, you I, know, I, do, you, do you get what I'm trying to say? But Ben, okay, let me come in. Let me come in. Let me come in. Let me come in. So if you take a conventional DM, let's traditional. say maybe let's let's swap it with for the word traditional. Okay, one of the alls, traditional, conventional. Yeah, yeah, traditional. Ndidi. We can say Ndidi. You're saying yeah, Ndidi. I said yeah, he's, he's, he's a good example, but yeah, but yeah, but he was he's another one that I would say with the only the area he can prove in is being a bit better on the ball, not Jorginho yeah, yeah, level. We're talking but about being better on the ball. T- I, I just want to let's yeah, yeah. So he's an anchorman, someone that's going to hold, someone that's going to hold he's the midfield hold, for you. But he's going to hold, but Jorginho holds. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, he holds, but I think there's levels to. Uh, I think I'm maybe articulating this. Uh, okay, which is but, cool. It's cool. It's cool. Let's let's not get kind of sidetracked, but I guess that's a conversation for another day. But deep, I, can I just sorry, just to wrap up quickly? Can I just say that Jorginho yeah. for me is a deep line playmaker, not a traditional DM. But these are all stylistic things. It depends I, on what I hear you want. That. I hear yeah. that. Jorginho can be that because Kante, because of Kante's attributes, but if I, that makes sense. I, I, I think we need to do a Patreon pull on it because this is... Probably, a, yeah. It, I think it irks me. But Sam, because we've kind of gone on, just your final word on this traditional DM stuff. But make it make it short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like... Average, like, I feel like most um, teams kind of like... Um, don't it's weird but I feel like most teams don't really play um like good football if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so like in the bigger clubs like the bet the best teams Mm -hmm. the kind of like the dm kind of like is so important to kind of like a lot more important to the build-up of like Mm -hmm. a team's attack that's why like Rodri 
Jorginho, Busquets, like we were saying, are kind of like seen as like a different kind of DM because like their roles aren't just, you know, oh yeah, um, mainly defensively oriented, like, oh yeah, just stop the other team when they come forward and move it to other players who can make stuff happen type thing. Whereas they're in their own capacities are players who can make stuff happen, which is why like guys like Ndidi, even like Hui Bier are kind of like, oh yeah, these are traditional because we don't really rate as much their capacity to like, you know, hold the ball, beat the press and then start attacks. So yeah. Yeah, I guess for me, it's a curious thing. It's like, um, everybody wants someone, like I've never seen a position where people are like, actually we need someone that isn't good at something. That's, yeah. what, that's what we're saying. We're like, actually let's buy someone that's not good on the ball. Are we, is that what we're saying? We need someone that's traditional, i.e. not good on the ball. I think it's crazy. But no, 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 I don't no, want to get sad. No, no, I don't no, want to get sad. No, that, I definitely hear what you're saying, but it's not even that, oh, someone that's not good on the ball. It's more someone that's better at the other side of the game. Uh, like, Jorginho is puts up decent defensive numbers, but his USP is on the ball. You, but, you're but, essentially looking get, for someone who's... I get, I get but all I'm saying is sometimes you could, you're not focusing on what's happening. Just because he's not fast, doesn't mean that he's not doing his job. Just because he's not strong, he's getting through more tackling, more interceptions than most traditional, conventional DMs. Just because he's not strong or fast, that's perception. Let's actually look yeah, what's but... happening. Let's actually look what's happening. Look, one second. Yes, let's all agree he has um, uh, a deficiency in terms of when the game is stretched, he's not the fastest. He's got a defi- deficiency. But to be fair, like, People, everyone would say that Makaleli is a traditional DM. Makaleli wasn't fast like that. Makaleli was fast. He was side to side. So all this traditional DM thing for me is bullshit. But I, I'll let you have a last word. But make it quick because we want to move on and we want to finish. Yeah, no, I was going to say Makaleli is not a conventional DM for me, and it's more the aspect of, um, uh, of, of course, Jorginho. You know, he puts it, he puts up um, decent numbers defensively, etc. But um, it's more someone. I guess in this context, right, if you look at, um, not to go on yet, but if you look at Kante and Jorginho, you would argue that in any midfield pairing, you're more used to the one who's not sitting being the one that's more progressive on the ball and the one who's deeper being the one that's more defensively sturdy, if that makes sense. So, so I I think in most, I guess, traditional midfield partnerships, essentially, Uh, the one who's deeper generally is is the one, is the one in 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 traditional two, I would say, the one who's deeper generally is the one who's more... In, in, yeah, in, okay, yeah, in, yeah, yeah, in England. That's in, why it's a traditional. That's why it's a yeah, traditional. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not traditional because it's England. It's a world game. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay, cool. Traditional. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. But, but I'm, I'm talking about a two in it. And obviously, you know, England England used to love a two. Like England yeah, love a two. I, I hear you. Okay, all right, cool. So we'll, we'll wrap up that bit there. But it's interesting. I feel like there's so, many, there's so much to get through. But um, we'll leave that for another day. On the strikers, I want to mention three names. Isak. We did the, it was me and you. There's a patron. Go listen to it. I think it was a really good patron. We was talking about transfer targets. I was repping, repping Isak. Ben was repping Haaland. Isak signed a new contract. I don't think that's happening. Isak didn't get a goal in the Euros. I, don't, he, I think he barely had a shot. I think with Isak as well, because he's a ball player, he does a lot more out of the box, which prevents him from being inside the box. So... Potentially, it might be bad because we literally need someone to stay inside the box and score. But we're linked with Haaland. I'm seeing reports saying that it's looking like it's happening. Um, allegedly, Haaland expects to be at Chelsea. Allegedly, 
Roman has told Marines to get it done. Allegedly, the talks are happening. I know obviously Sancho, we talked about at the top of the, the pod, he's gone to, to United. A lot of people are saying, now Sancho's gone, Haaland's not happening. I don't think that's true. I think Dortmund, what I love about them is like they will set their stall out and everybody knows where they stand at the beginning. They said, hey, we're not selling Haaland unless a bid comes in that is too convincing. And that bid's always been around 150. So Haaland, it looks like it might be happening. Tammy looks like he might be going for around 40 to Villa. Um, Isak seems like it's a no-go at this area. And the only other name I want to mention, and this is a tentative link, but it's interesting for me because this is the guy that missed the, the penalty that uh, sent France out. He used to play under Tuchel. He's not signing a new contract at PSG. He's made that clear. Allegedly, he's available for 125 billion. And today, the, the reason why I'm bringing up the most important reason why I'm bringing him up is today. Apparently, he said that um, he wants to talk to uh, Tuchel. Now, it's probably not about football. It's probably not about moving to Chelsea. But from those names, obviously, it seems like now Isaka's out of the race. It seems like it's Haaland. But this Mbappe thing seems interesting. So my question to you guys is, would you say, actually, let's, let's try to see if there's something with Mbappe and then maybe sideline the Haaland deal? Or you, is it too far down the line? You think, let's just get Haaland done. So we'll start with you, Sam, and then we'll come to bed. Even if Isak was available, mm-hmm. uh, like him as a player, like when I started like reading up on him, and kind of like watching him like because he's so like technically secure it mm-hmm. can mean that like oh yeah and build up let me come you know deep and let me help guys you know let me quick mm-hmm. dribble and all of that and it's great i really like it you know it looks great on youtube but like that's basically what we already have kind of thing so i was not that i wasn't sold because i really i really like him but it's one of them ones like Sancho and it's kind of like oh yeah are you bringing something kind of like new or are you kind of like building on something we don't really have mm-hmm. now that being said Killian I know I've said I know I've tweeted you know Umbiobioni and Umbergevin and all kinds of slander names you know obviously got France kicked out and stuff like that mm-hmm. I would I would give it all to just see him at the bridge because like for me not only does he you know kind of like bring the kind of like speed dimension that like Werner is kind of like really heralded for kind of like stretching the defense and da, da, da. Mm-hmm. you have someone who on the most part is clinical obviously you know last the last couple games haven't really helped mm-hmm. his stocks in any way but he is like a very clinical, not scared to shoot kind of like, kind of like shoot first player. And I feel like when you're in those kind of like tight space is kind of like on the edge of the box, someone who can just take an inch and just, you know, kind of like shoot kind of like a green wood, that those kinds of players, they're rare, I feel like. And we lack that. Yeah. That being said, if we were to stick with Werner, of course, you know, that's that's up for debate. But if we were to stick with Vern, Haaland fits probably the best into the team that we have now. So I would happily t- 
take Haaland. Haaland and Mbappe are meant to be like two of like the two guys were saying Ronaldo Messi. I don't really agree with all of that. But yeah, like they're meant to be the next kind of like generation. So I'll take any. But if you were to say what? Mbappe. It has to be Mbappe. I'm just seeing even now, and I don't I can't verify it because not Romano tweeted it himself. But I'm seeing now it says Thomas Tuchel is aware of Mbappe's situation and would not mind him at the club. Um Haaland remains Chelsea's primary strike target. So Ben, like I don't know, it feels like something might be rising with this Mbappe stuff. We started a podcast talking about Muga Mafia and their sickness because they signed Sancho. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, imagine if it was to sign Mbappe. I don't want to leave. I don't want to lead you. I don't know if I'm talking to Ben. I don't know if I'm talking to Luke. But listen, bro, yeah, I've been telling you since the start of the summer. Yeah. Both of them. Both of them. Both of them. Both of them. Wallahi, get me both, bro. It's a drip or drown thing. You know what I want? You know what I want? Get me yeah. both of them, bro. Aye, I'm on drip or drown. If they're both yeah. there, 200 mil clean sweep. Get me both. Yeah, yeah we, we got the facilities. We got the fun. We just want We've got the capacity. Roman, Roman's back. Roman's spending cash. Bro, we've got the we've got the Bitcoin, whatever they want. Aye. Yeah, whatever currency they them. want. We've got and, it. And both of them, get up. Both of them. Aye. Get me that. Alright, alright. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna challenge that. I'm not even gonna challenge that. Alright, uh cool. So before let's wrap up, but before we wrap up, I don't think we should do the Adama thing now, Ben. Maybe we even do that on a Patreon thing. But yeah, I think that's a Patreon thing. Tell them man, put put their money in their pocket, innit? Yeah, I like the Patreon Patreon too. All right, cool. So let's just end it here in terms of the final topic. Thinking about uh the front trees that are building, because we can kind of hear the whispers of the transfer rumors. Now, for us, if if it is both farm, do you know what I'm saying? That's Haaland and Bappe Havertz. That's not bad, but I don't know if we can I don't think the links have been enough for us to include Mbappe. So we'll say Chelsea's front three, projected front three right now, is Mount Haaland Havertz. Man- Obviously, slight caveat, because I was going to say, ah, Dan, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on board with this um, continued three at the back team. Uh, yeah, but but that's another, that's, you know what, that's another pod, that's a Patreon. That's ah, you know what, you're right, you're right. Put your hands right. in your pockets, listeners. Put your hands in your pockets and that, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know the ones. Cool. So Liverpool, they're going to drag out Firmino, Mane and uh, <laughs> Salah for the ninth season in a row. So that'll be their front three. United, it's looking like it might be a Sancho, Rashford, and maybe Cavani type thing. But don't forget, they've got a lot in back up too. Um, Spurs, they're still going to rock with the... Maybe Kane goes. If, like, if we're going to put Kane in cities, they're linked with that Vlahovic. Um, I don't know if you know, know him. So <laughs> he probably replaces <laughs> Kane. Vlavic. You know the thing is, I know who he is, but fuck it, who? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go I, 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 okay, cool. I thought you was getting on my pronunciation, so I got into curve, but it's my. No, no, no. I get no, it. No. You're getting on him. All right, cool. I'm getting on the ops. All right, cool. So I'm just saying, from, from our front three, the way it's kind of shaping up, I know you're not on the back three thing, that's for another pod, but Mount Harland Havertz, will you be happy as a with that as our default front three for next season? And I know. I know both of them, Ben, Luke. I know both of them, but let's just focus on Mount Harlan Havertz. Um, how happy are you, you with that as a front three collective? Um, nah, not not for me. Not for me. I don't think there's enough goals there. No. And you know, you know, the funniest thing is this is me talking about goals. Someone that's always talking about we need to look deeper than just yeah. the goals and the eye test, all this yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I think for me, Mount and obviously it, it 
it you know it, it falls into you know what we're going to do the patreon piece about in terms of the system all that kind of stuff but i think mount has to play deeper in terms of you know, and that's going to be an attacker. We need another attacker in there who's going to put, I guess, more numbers on the board. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not for me, not for me. Uh, and Sam, take us away. Final, final word on it. You know what? Yeah, I actually think that's good enough. In yeah. my opinion, I think it's good enough. Like, I look at our team, right, and I still haven't seen anyone outplay us mm-hmm. and beat us. Like the only the only games I can think of what. Porto second leg that was we went through anyway and that was a Shot my shot, but I didn't have got so I hit the post. But next time it's a golden goal. And me, like, yeah. And if with that upgrade, I feel like, yeah, now we've got you know more consistent goal scoring and we've maintained the defensive solidity. So yeah. I say 0405 type beat, you know, one nil, one nil, one nil. Give me the biggest. Right, right, cool. So what I'll say, final word, I know I said give you the final word, but I'm taking it. It is my point. No, I'm joking. But um, Mount Haaland Havertz, I do think you've got enough goals, kind of. For me, you've got Haaland. If it is the Haaland, we, if it's not a catfish, and if we get the same Haaland, um, you're getting loads of goals from him. He is one in one. We did the patron piece. Put your money in your pocket. Um, and then you've got Havertz, who Havertz can score goals. We've seen it. Champions League, big stage, especially when he's playing in attack. So you've got goals there. And you've got Mount, who we talked about earlier in the pod, the type of stuff he brings. I do feel like you need another, like I said before, like Havertz kind of plays well when there's another cool head around. So this is why I don't mind Hudson doing right wing back, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that pans out. But yeah, we'll end the pod there. Sam, thank you for coming on uh, for your first debut. How'd you find it? Oh, sick, man. Sick, man. Get me back again, man. Don't, don't. We'll, we'll let the listeners decide that, bro. Man, are treating it like Love Island. <laughs> <laughs> yo, 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 Ben, always love putting with you. Um, Hi, always a pleasure, bro. Come on, man. Ben and Luke, um, thank you, listeners, for listening. And yeah, we'll be back next week. Right. Sports Social Podcast Network.